Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I am going to be giving you the audio of a presentation of a, a Zoom webinar I did for Western States on content marketing. This is actually going to also be found in the uh, virtual summit that's around business and marketing. Uh, I did a hour presentation on really breaking down uh, what content marketing is and developing a strategy around that. As many of you know, that's kind of the bread and butter of the marketing that I talk a lot about and implement in my practice and, and help chiropractors out in the Chiropractic Success Academy and also obviously this podcast and Facebook group. So it's a, a topic near and dear to my heart. I dive deep into it. Uh, it was a great group of students at Western States where they were in their lecture hall and I kind of was spliced in there through uh, the video presentation. And again, this will be the presentation that's inside of the virtual summit and you'll have access to the video of that. So you, you'll, you'll hear me talk about it, but I highly recommend watching the video as well so you can see the different images and the different aspects that we talked about along with some strategies and stuff. So I highly recommend that. I also highly recommend you check out the Business and Marketing Virtual Summit, okay? And that's going to be found at bit.ly, B-I-T slash Modern Cairo Summit. It's going to be November 14th and 15th, free access for those dates. Sign up for it now. Registration opens to, you know, it's open on November 1st. Uh, so it's open now. Check it out. I uh, brought a lot of people inside and outside of the profession. We have a business track and a marketing track. We're really trying to give you information that's going to help you grow your practice from both the marketing standpoint and then obviously having sound business principles. So check that out. That's at bit.ly slash modern Cairo summit. I look forward to having you as a participant in there. We had a great one back in March of this year, and we're looking forward to another one. All right. So here is the presentation that I did around content marketing. Okay, so I think with content marketing is the key for chiropractors, especially evidence-informed chiropractors, ones that are really trying to be ethical in their marketing. We're doctors, you know, we're doctors first. So I think we have to, to market differently than other businesses. Uh, I think that's a problem a lot of doctors don't realize or a lot of chiropractors to where they are doing cheesy, unethical marketing. And so I think content marketing is really the best way to go when really, you know, marketing your practice. All right. So what is content marketing? You know, content is the fuel of your marketing. One of the biggest problems we have, I would say, within our industry, with our marketing aspect of it is everybody thinks Facebook is marketing or they think Instagram is marketing. Uh, that's just a form of marketing. That's really just the vehicle. The way I, I look at it is you've got the the GPS, which is your messaging. Um, there's a great book that you might want to write down called Story Brand, Your Business. Uh, it's really the backdrop of getting your message clear so that your community understands what you actually do. You know, if they just think of you as a chiropractor, that can mean a lot of things. So you want to have a really well-defined message. The second part is your fuel, which is the content that you create. And then like the social media and all that stuff is just the vehicle. 
to, to get your message out. It's, it's very important, but it's not the end all be all to your marketing. I think people need to focus on the fuel and then just utilize the vehicle to, to get the, the message out. And then Joe Polizzi is the founder of the Content Marketing Institute. And that's where a lot of my training comes from. Uh, he's not a chiropractor. He, he does marketing. He built a Content Marketing Institute. I think he just sold it for like $17 million to another larger marketing firm. And essentially, he's become the thought leader of what content marketing is. And, and what he says, it's a strategic marketing approach focused on creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content to attract and retain a clearly defined audience and ultimately to drive profitable customer action. The key there is a clearly defined audience. I think a lot of times as chiropractors, we, we get into this issue where we think everybody is our patient, which, you know, technically, yes, but you really want to have a niche and you want to have that and be an authority within that niche. And so uh, I see a mistake that people make with content is they just have all these random acts of content that have no purpose, no real meaning, and it's not driving a, a customer action. For me, I've always wanted to be known as the the guy that fixed sports injuries in the community. So everything I've ever done has been geared towards that. I've, I've been fortunate enough to where I've worked a lot with the NFL, a lot of NFL players, Major League Baseball. Uh, I was on the PJ Tour for a year working with some high-level golfers. So I utilized that to, to really leverage the authority figure. Um, but people come to me for all kinds of different sports injuries, and that's what I wanted. I'm not just a, a back-and-neck person, although still the majority of it. So my content niche is around that. And then once I kind of owned that niche in my community, I moved on to another one, which was the desk worker. And we can dive into that a little bit uh, in a little, but ultimately this is what content marketing is. I'm going to play a short little video from Content Marketing Institute and Joe Polizzi, which gives you a little bit of an idea. As you watch this video, it's just a couple minutes. I want you to think about how this could pertain to your practice and to where what I love about content marketing is that it's kind of invisible marketing. People do not feel like they're being marketed to. And I think that's a great distinction for doctors to have. You don't want to come across as salesy and obviously marketing to. While not the oldest example in the world, my favorite example is probably John Deere's The Furrow Magazine. My name's Bart. I'm 37 years old. I lived on this farm my entire life. I can remember being five, six years old. We were dairy farmers at that time and bucket feeding calves, bottle feeding calves. That's how we started. Uh, I bought this farm from my dad. He's the second generation uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, we raised corn, soybeans, and wheat. And we also raised beef livestock. I'd say I've been getting the furrow and reading the furrow for about five years now. I will say that I, I think the articles in the furrow are very neutral. I mean, to the point that I always wondered, is this a John Deere magazine or not? The furrow came along in, in 1895 when our company was under the direction of, of John Deere's son, Charles. He recognized that need for, for farmers to have a, an accurate, unbiased source of, of information. Anything that we think farmers can, can use to, to improve their operations that's something that's going to make it into the furrow. I try to key in on the soil health and soil fertility. Um, fertilizers have gotten very expensive through the years, and how you apply them is very important, not only economically, but also 
uh, for the environment. I don't know where a company like John Deere sits on, on soil conservation as far as no-till versus being a, a, a conquer, more conventional type. To me, I think a company like that has more to gain when people are working more ground. But, you know, that's the furrow doesn't just talk about that if they do at all. I mean, it's more about the opposite of that. If you go back through the entire history of the magazine, I would be very surprised if in that editorial space you saw the words John Deere mentioned more than 15 or 20 times, and that's going back 120 years. That veil of secrecy has been lifted off of, of marketing. People know when they are being marketed to. The John Deere brand still, still stands for something. It stands for quality. It stands for, for honesty. That's been a critical component of, of not just the furrow's success, but of, of John Deere's success overall. All right. So everybody kind of get how that can be applied to our our practices. You know, I'm not saying you have to develop a nice, well-done journal that costs $20,000 to circulate, but it's just about being a source of consistent and reliable information uh, to your community that educates them. So then when they do need something, you know, they are in pain or they need to improve performance or, or whatever it may be, they think of you first because you're a trusted authority figure of, of really good information. And so that's why content marketing resonates with me. With that being said, I do think uh, I use a term being 85% PBS and 15% QVC. And I, I didn't make that up. I got it from a, a Dan Kennedy book. Um, but essentially it means, you know, be 85% really good public service information and then 15% call to action, basically sales. But I think that's a really good mix for uh, practices to have. Uh, another example of a company becoming a media company is Red Bull. A lot of people don't realize it, but they've got Red Bull Media House and they've got a journal called the Red Bulletin. They've got Red Bull Records where they produce music. They've got a Red Bull content pool where they've actually taken images of all these extreme sports and all these different things and they license these images out to other companies. So here's where a company has become a media house that actually is generating its own revenue. So Red Bull's media house makes its own money and it fuels the sales of energy drinks. So it's pretty incredible where they've taken a marketing strategy and not only does it fuel sales for their drink, which was the number one goal, it's now a profit center for them. Okay. So there's just some examples of kind of turning yourself into a little mini media company uh, as you develop your, your content marketing strategy. So I like this term fence around a cattle. Sometimes it can be a little uh, crude, but it essentially is saying, again, this is a Dan Kennedy term. You want to put content around your patient base and your ex patient base or patients that are falling off care. And that will keep top of mind awareness. So the content is the fence and your, your, your patients and your past patients, or even your potential new patients are your cattle and you're just trying to surround them with really good content, keep them kind of corralled in your stratosphere. And so that way when either themselves or their coworker or their kid or their spouse, family member has an issue, they think of you first. You'll be surprised with how quickly they forget about you. Even if they, even if they've been in your practice, you know, I've had so many times where um, I've had patients that were like, I, I find out they're going somewhere else. 
then they come back because they saw some, you know, like, oh, I just kind of had something. And I, I ended up just looking up my insurance and going to chiropractor, but I forgot that I had come to your office a few years ago. And then, you know, I saw something on Facebook or whatever. So you want to be consistent with that. It really does help. And then you'll also be surprised with how many people that will get your content that have never been in your office. And then they actually refer someone to them. So think about that. You know, most of the times we, we think of patients being referred to our practice from other patients or other contacts that we know personally, like, you know, a business contact or a friend. But you can actually, if you develop a marketing strategy around this well enough, you'll start getting referrals from people that have consumed your content, but have never been in your practice. That's where it's a, an exponential growth factor for your, for your office. Okay, so here are some content marketing goals. You know, content marketing can be just a term, but it actually is more than just that because you'll hear a lot of people throw the word content out and content marketing. Uh, but when you really want to define it, it has certain goals. There's a book called Epic Content Marketing, which I recommend. So you can write that down. And there's six principles. You need to fill a need. You need to be consistent. So let's go back, fill a need. Obviously, I think we all as chiropractors can understand what need we fill. We have an easy time of that. But there's some people out there trying to sell, you know, all kinds of weird things that still have to try to find what need is that filling, right? Uh, as, a, as a chiropractor, I think that comes easy for us to understand, but sometimes we also get convoluted with that because we can fill a lot of needs. But again, you know, fill that niche, fill that need, okay? Be consistent with your content. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they get inconsistent with it. Have a plan, write it down. We'll talk about that at the end and be consistent with it. Uh, be human. I think that's a, a big one for doctors too, is I think sometimes we do not humanize ourselves especially in modern medicine, like you know, orthopedists and primary cares, it's become kind of a joke. I think as chiropractors, we do a better job of it, but always keep that in mind. Uh, have a point of view. Don't be too controversial. Again, that really does work for certain situations, but I do not think it is ideal for a private practice doctor, right? You're not trying to polarize people. I think a big mistake people make is they, on their social media, they they talk about certain topics that probably shouldn't, you know, there's no point of, of uh, polarizing people when you're trying to build a practice, uh, but have a point of view as it pertains to how you practice, avoid sales speak, and then be best of breed, be the best. And, you know, and I, again, you don't have to be the best in America. You're not trying to build a national audience, be the best in your community and around that niche, right? You don't even have to be the best chiropractor in the area. I mean, I want you to, but be known as the best pediatric chiropractor, the best sports chiropractor, the best nutrition, whatever your niche is, be the best of that and let that content speak for that. And it'll really give you some credibility. All right. So traditional versus content marketing. This is what I think separates content marketing from traditional. It's about the customer, not you. Uh, I know you, you all are students, so you're not out in the field yet, but I'm sure you've seen it. A lot of chiropractors make it about themselves and they make it about their technique. Patients do not care what, about your technique and they don't care about you. They care about themselves and they care about the fact that they have knee pain. And actually, you know what? They may not even care that they have knee pain. They care that they can't run the marathon, right? There's a deeper layer to it. The mom might not really even care that her back hurts. She's just upset that she can't hold her kid. So that's really what I want you to understand as far as the messaging. Okay. So many chiropractors are like, I do 
MDT, I do ART, I do grass, and I do chiropractic, diversified, whatever it is. No one gives a, a heck about that, okay? It pulls customers in with relevant content instead of one size fits all blasts, okay? A lot of people just blast out information all the time and that's not ideal. It's a two-way conversation instead of monologue. You're, you're really talking to your customers instead of shouting at them. It's much more dynamic and easier to change. It involves less risk, has a longer shelf life. I think content marketing is one of the best ways of having a sustainable long-term marketing strategy. This is where strategy is different than campaigns. Campaigns are just one-off things, which are great. You got to have campaigns in your overall marketing strategy, but a strategy is different than a campaign. It provides the proof that marketing is working and is easier to measure. And we'll get into some of that. Uh, it maximizes one of the most important assets, which is word of mouth referrals. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of the life cycle of customers and things of that nature or patients. And it happens before and after a sale. So when you're doing content marketing, just because a patient came in and fulfilled their treatment plan with them, doesn't mean you should stop having a content marketing strategy that gears towards them. And we will, again, talk about that. And that's that that resource I mentioned there, Epic Content Marketing by Joe Polizzi, really good book on the basics of content marketing. And I just think as chiropractors, we have such a good marriage between chiropractic and, and content marketing. There's a lot of good topics we can have. Uh, I'll get some chiropractors to come to me. I, I have a hard time thinking of ideas. And I was like, well, heck, your patients, everyone that comes in, those are your ideas. You know, they, they ask you questions and you give them answers. And sometimes I'll, I'll just go over to my computer and jot down. I was like, heck, that's, that'd be a good article to write. That'd be a good email to send out. Obviously, I'm not going to name names. But I, if someone asked me a good question, I feel like I provided them a good answer on a, on a condition or whatever. Write that down and send it out as an email or as a post or shoot a video about it. Like, it's, it's just amazing the content that our, our patients provide us. Okay, so I wanted to touch on this. This gets really deep. I could do a whole, I, actually, I probably wouldn't do it myself, but someone else could, a whole uh, webinar on this and the total web presence and, and branding. I'm just going to play a quick video from the company that I, I work with that works with my practice, my private practices. And they did a complete audit of my total web presence because one of the things with content marketing is you're trying to create this total web presence where People are finding you on Google and Yelp and Facebook and Instagram and all these different things because you're just creating this good amount of content. But there's certain things you got to look at to make sure that it's being optimized. Okay. And I'm just going to play this quick video for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode where we discuss the 360 degree auto report we've performed on Dr. Kevin Christie and his website, healthfitpyro.com. The report itself has detailed information on the analytics, SEO, paid advertisement, online reputation management and branding, and some of the marketing campaigns he's ran over the last few months. In the end, we give out recommendations as to what he should be doing moving forward to be more effective in driving traffic from his community to his practice. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Our first step is wrapped around the website analytics. We determine the source of traffic, a percentage breakdown, and a list of the pages that are driving traffic. The data is captured over a 30-day time period, and it helps us better understand where traffic is coming from and where it went. The second step looks at the website functionality and SEO rankings. We're able to define which phrases are plugged into search engines with their ranking, search volume, and positioning. On social media, we look at the brand and identity display, the followers for lead generation breakdowns, and positioning activity for engagement. The listings are looked at closely to verify business information, accuracy, and consistency. 
Online Reputation Management looks at the reputable listing sites and total reviews and quality scores for each one. We look at the internal brand identity and value proposition as well as the external brand and how it's displayed. Does it match? Are there any internal guidelines as to how your brand is represented to the community and to the patients that walk into your practice? Paid campaigns and their success are measured through impressions, clicks, and acquisition. The report outlines if the campaign was set up correctly and we display the data captured to decide if it was an effective campaign or if it needs modifications and more importantly, why. We conclude the audit with an action plan wrapped around the SEO, social media, ORM, brand identity, and paid advertising. The plan has our recommendations and steps to take moving forward to correct, modify, and maximize each specific area. Okay, so that just gives you an idea of really trying to clear up the channels and, and getting the messaging out there, ideally, and the branding and, and things of that nature. Again, it could be a whole other uh, aspect of it, but I felt it was important to understand you can make a mistake of creating content, but not getting all the, the kind of the juice out of the squeeze because you have issues with your, your website or your SEO or calls to actions. Like there's a lot of different things to it. A little disclaimer out of it. I don't want you guys to worry about that early on as you get into practice. Um, you know, you're going to have more time than money to spend on this type of stuff. And so it's just about getting some content created out there and not spending a lot of money. That's why I like content marketing as well as you don't have to spend a ton of money, but as you get down the path of business growth and profits, you can then reinvest in certain things. Um, you can check out my website, healthfitchiro.com. That's my practice website. You can see, you know, I've invested some, some money in that. I, I wouldn't expect for you to do that out of the gates, uh, but you can, uh, like my website, I mean, obviously technology changes, so it looks a lot better in 2018 than it did in 2010. But even from a financial standpoint, I, I couldn't put the money in in 2010 that I did. So I just gradually you know, did that. All right. So content strategy, this is the content journey, right? This is where you're trying to, you're trying to start. So when you develop your marketing strategy, you're just trying to be found. You're trying to be trusted. A lot of people have heard the no like, and trust. You're really trying to develop that no like, and trust and generate kind of that greatness, right? You're trying to be known as the, the person. So that's the content aware aspect. That's where people are starting to be, you know, they're aware of you. They're not necessarily sold on you yet, but they're aware. And then as you keep on being consistent with your content creation, you become, a, and you can apply that. You can think of certain people that you know as thought leaders or storytellers in different industries, and you can see where this happens. So then the next phase is, you create, you created the trust, you, you've met the demand, and you've got this efficient funnel happening where people are going from, the term funnel is just kind of a catch term for marketing, but you're trying to get someone from a cold lead to warm to hot, which is when they obviously purchase or when they call your office and schedule and come in. And so that's the funnel and that's the kind of the patient journey. And when you can get yourself to become a thought leader in your community is when you really start to get a lot of good referrals. I think that's the real sweet spot for chiropractors is becoming a thought leader in their community. And if I could get people to do one thing, that would be it. Uh, the way I look at it is I try to be an educator and a thought leader in my community first. And then I happen to have a chiropractic practice that people can come to and get better. Uh, I'm trying to let them help themselves by, by empowering them and educating them. And then when something happens, they will come and seek me out. 
Uh, and then the last kind of the, the holy grail of, of content maturity is, is storyteller. And it's not like, you know, you're telling a child's story at night, but you're creating demands, you're differentiating, you're creating evangelists, you're getting these advocates that are just like crazy for you. I mean, we could think of people, you know, let's just talk about our professional. We're talking about Greg Rose or Greg Cook or Craig Liebenson or uh, Mark King of MPI, like these uh, Brett Winchester they become really, um, they have evangelists and they, they've become, they went from thought leader to, they kind of tell a story, right? Gary Vaynerchuk on the marketing side of things is a big one. A couple other marketers that are really big with that is Seth Godin is huge for sure. Dan Kennedy, he's kind of old school and kind of become a hermit now. <laughs> he was like prime time in the, in the nineties. So. Uh, Joe Polish is another one. Uh, I'm a member of Strategic Coach, which is an entrepreneur coaching group, which is the business side of my training. I've been doing that for five years. It's expensive, so don't. I wouldn't jump into that. It's not chiropractic specific. Wait for a few years when you get some more revenue before you start paying that kind of money. But Dan Sullivan founded that, not the chiropractor Dan Sullivan, but Dan Sullivan is in his early 70s. He's just created such a, a movement within entrepreneurship. So that's the the content content maturity model. And... What I want to break down for you is this is, again, a, a chiropractic mistake. Everybody talks about new patients, okay? Everybody's like new patients, new patients, new patients. That's fine. But, and they think they have to have a new patient marketing strategy only, which you do have to have a new patient marketing strategy, but there's more to it. So the Dean Jackson, who's a marketer, he talks a lot about the before unit of marketing, which is new patient marketing. It's before they've ever come into your office or even called or anything. The during unit, which is from the first point of contact, whether they scheduled online or called your office to the end of their treatment plan. And the after unit is after their treatment plan, they're not coming in anymore. Or even if they're on some sort of maintenance or wellness care, that's the after unit of marketing. And what you really want to make sure is you're targeting all three of those uh, when you are marketing. And a lot of times, if you do a really good job of the during and the after unit, that will really solve your new patient problem. You won't have to spend as much money on your new patient marketing. New patient marketing is the most expensive. To get someone from a cold, warm to a hot lead takes money, takes a lot more effort, a lot more time. To get your during and after unit, your patients to become advocates and evangelists and referring people and creating that just you know plenty of new patient scenario, now you don't have to spend as much money on new patient marketing. And that's where you're hitting the sweet spot and you feel like you're not even marketing at this point. So I'm going to break down each little thing and how you can use it as a before unit, a during unit and an after unit. So remember before is the new patient, during is during the patient experience and after is when they're not coming in your practice anymore, but you're trying to maintain top of mind awareness. And I'm going to kind of breeze through this. Okay. Since we are uh, limited on time. All right. So your blog on your website, you can run a Facebook ad or post or share it on Instagram or whatever to where they click on it and it goes right to their website. That would be before unit, right? You could have it on your website and you could then email it part of your patient list, right? I really recommend emailing your patients once a week. Now that would be good during unit marketing and, and also after unit marketing. Okay. So your blog on your website can serve three purposes, right? Getting new patients and also just educating your past patients or your, your current ones. 
informational handouts. Uh, we do these healthy desk cards, like a micro break card, an ergonomics card, a, a body preparation, uh, sorry, preparation and positioning card, which is like we teach abdominal bracing, neutral spine, power zone, things like that. Uh, we have a carpal tunnel stretching card. We get all these different ones and we print them on nice glossy forms like you see there. And we utilize that. From a before unit, we are taking the ergonomics cards and dropping off stacks of them at local companies, just getting our awareness out there. From a during unit, we have all of these in our reception area. So patients that are during their care are get grabbing them. Or if we have a desk worker, we go over the microbreak card with them and we give it to them. That's a good during unit marketing strategy. And it's just good patient care. Sometimes good patient care is good marketing, right? Uh, if you get people better, that's great marketing. Uh, and then from an after unit standpoint, we will mail these sometimes. We'll do a direct mail campaign where we'll mail it out to our patients. Or think about it this way. If I give them a, a microbreak card and I tell them to put it at their desk, like, you know, pin it up at their desk to remind them to do the microbreaks and they're not coming in my office anymore, but that's after unit marketing because it's top of mind awareness. So those types of things are really helpful. Email marketing, I kind of mentioned, you can have a new patient email marketing strategy. You know, you can do different Facebook ads to get people to sign up for something and you can obviously email market to get new patients. During units, like when a new patient comes into my office, their email is put into our, our MailChimp and they get a series of three emails that I feel are my best emails that are really educational. We're trying to get them to understand, you know, their treatment plan and what we're going to do. So that's a during unit marketing strategy using email. And then after unit is just, I email my list. I've got 3,600 emails from past patients, past and current, and we email them once a week. So we're in their inbox. Even if they don't open it, they're seeing us and we're keeping top of mind awareness. Okay. So that's email marketing, social media, Let's just take Facebook. You know, you obviously new patients. We, we know about that, but I don't know if you knew you could also take your email list. You can funnel into Facebook and it will gather all of the people that have that email associated with their Facebook account. And you can put that into an audience of just your, your email list, which is pretty cool. And then you can do a 1% lookalike audience. And again, I could do a whole hour on Facebook, but now you're targeting people that look like your patient base in a sense from demographic standpoint, you know, golfers, tenants, whatever it may be income. It's amazing the analytics Facebook have, but now you can target people through that. Social media is a great before, during, and after unit marketing, which could be a whole other thing. And that's the vehicle of your, your marketing. Uh, newsletter. So you could print out a newsletter. That's our newsletter, front and back, nice and clean. Um, you can uh, drop those off places as far as a new patient marketing strategy. We, we also will put that as Facebook ads. A during unit is we print these out and we put them in our reception again. So patients grab that. So it's a good during unit. And then after uh, you could email it, you can send a physical letter uh, or sorry, newsletter to your patient base, which is uh, very helpful as well. Uh, that wait for that until you have more revenue. It's not as, it's not cheap, but it's got a pretty good ROI. Uh, direct mail has kind of mentioned that like birthday cards. We've got a few different things we do. So when a new patient comes in, we send them a welcome letter. So that's a good during unit. When a new patient comes in and they were referred by another patient, we send a thank you letter to that patient that referred them. We do the birthday cards and then we do occasional direct mail campaigns. So uh, do not forget about direct mail. Early on in practice, you may not have the, the resources to do it, but it's becoming a, actually, it's kind of funny. People got off it for a while because people's mailboxes were inundated with crap and people basically would have pile A and pile B. Pile A is all the stuff you keep. Pile B is the garbage can. 
and everything's going to pile B. But if you do a nice design one, you'd be surprised with your patients will actually put you into pile A and they value that physical copy a little bit more than, than digital sometimes. Okay, I'm gonna play, this is the last little video I'm gonna play. This is Gary Vaynerchuk on return on investment. I do believe on return on investment, but I don't think you have to get overwhelmed with it. And I think with content marketing, this kind of sums it up, which with Gary Vee said, there's a little bit of language on it, but we're all adults here. I was in the room with a very conservative CMO and she was really drilling me. She was like, but what's the ROI of social media? And I'm giving her my best stuff. For example, if you want some best stuff, go look at what your engagement rate is on your Facebook page. You have a certain amount of fans and then you have a post, go look at the number. Is it 0.01, is it 0.02? It doesn't matter how many fans and Twitter followers you have, it's how many of them are gonna buy something and give a fuck. So she's drilling me and I'm giving her some really good metrics at least for a 2011 world and she's pushing and I know why, she works in a conservative company and the more conservative she comes across, the more likely she'll be the CEO. I get it, I'm fine. But she's pushing and pushing and finally I look at her and she's like, but Gary, What's the ROI? And I'm like, da, da, da. she's like, but what's the real ROI of social media? And I'm doing my normal thing, like, can you give me the ROI of television and print? Because I love that you spend a shitload of money on Vogue and you're buying a subscription, but can you guarantee me that somebody's looking at the ad on page 139? Because you can't. And I'm giving her everything I've got, and she's still punching me directly in the throat. So I had to pull it out. She goes, what's the ROI of social media? What's the ROI of social media? So I look at her and go, what's the ROI of your mother? She said, excuse me? I said, oh. I said, I have no interest in making a mother joke and I'm not making fun of you. But let me explain one thing to you. The ROI of my mother is everything. The reason I'm going to buy a multi-billion dollar sports franchise is because of my mother. My mother, the way she parented me, which, oh, by the way, is perfectly, is the reason I have the ability, the confidence, and the absolute wherewithal to execute the businesses that I'm building. However, my friends at Inc. 500, I cannot come to you with slides and put them on those screens and say, over here, click. In sixth grade, when I got a mullet and my mom said I was gorgeous and beautiful and I could do anything, well, that was building self-esteem. And so what I did with that on the next slide is, you'll see here, I sold a couple more cases of wine in 1994 because of that self-esteem, which led to this. And now I can't show you. I can't show you in data the ROI of my mother. But I promise you, it's all of it. The whole kit and caboodle. Social is going to prove it. All right, I want to move on from that. But you get the point where if you're creating consistent content that's educational and you, and you really are doing a good job of being creative, the ROI is going to be there. And we're not these large, big companies where we can measure all the analytics and the data. And I don't expect you to until you can get further down the line. Like, you know, in my practice, we're just now really diving into some of that. And it's important but we're a lot more mature of a practice. So for you, I don't want you to get bogged down with, well, I spent $200 on really, you know, on my Facebook ads and stuff like that, but I didn't really, I can't count how much I brought in. But if you get consistent with your content and you use the right types of channels to get it out there, trust me, the ROI is there, okay? It will be there and you will, you will see it. And then, you know, you'll get better at measuring it and stuff like that. But I just wanted that to be a takeaway for you because it's a mistake people make uh, too often as they focus only on, well, I spent 200, I better get 400. Yes, technically I get it. And if we had a debate with marketers, they would want to know that. But just understand that with content marketing, if you're consistent and you're creative and you're being useful in your community, 
it's going to pay dividends. All right. So content creation, uh, I've, I've mentioned it, uh, many, many times already, but you want to be consistent, clear, and creative. Uh, think about those things when you're developing your plan. And what's pretty cool about content is that you can do one of three things, but I want you to do all three things, right? You can be a content creator. That's when you create the content yourself. That's when you write the blog. That's when you shoot the video. Um, that is you being the creator. And that does have the highest level. Like if you wrote a book, that's a really huge authority platform. So content creation is number one, and that is the highest of the food chain as far as authority building in your community. Okay. But you don't want to forget being a con, you know, using content curation, which just means you're taking good content that other people produce and it supports your narrative and your niche and you share that. Okay. That has value. Think of some of the things that are out there in our profession, whether it's Cairo up or evidence-based chiropractor or things like that, where they're creating good content and you're sharing that, that is valuable. It's not as valuable as creating your own content, but it really helps to just be consistent with content distribution, okay? And then repurposing, that's a big thing. You know, if you shoot a video, on, you can do a Facebook Live, and then you can download that video, and you can upload it to YouTube. Now you've got it on YouTube, you repurpose it. Now you can take that video, and you could put it on an email that's sent out to your patients. So that's repurposing it, right? Um, I could give you a ton of examples of that, but just think of some of the things. Like I know I've just repurposed for my podcast, the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group. I, I took a section of this. I took a 12-minute section of this when I talked about the before, during, and after unit of marketing. And that's going to be my podcast episode tomorrow that comes out because it's, I felt it was valuable. And I was like, I'm just going to repurpose that. For instance, this was a big part of the Chiropractic Success Academy's monthly information this month, but I'm repurposing it to provide education for you as well. So do not forget about repurposing. What's pretty cool is, is that uh, I'm going to go over in a second how you can repurpose and you can turn one thing into a bunch of content. It's pretty cool, actually. Patient experiences, right? So again, being in a clinical setting, we've got some advantages and that is document clinical experiences, patient testimonials, treatment videos, assessment videos, condition videos, story brand, your blog, like a patient experience where I outlined a golfer that got better. Uh, I didn't use his name. I got permission from him anyway. And we documented his process of going from not being able to teach golf with a back problem to being able to have not have a back problem and teach golf and, and make a living that he's doing. So I, I basically just told a story about a patient experience. So those are great blogs. So our patient experiences can be our, our muse. Uh, you want to make sure that you are not building your house on rented land. And what that means is that you're only on Instagram or social media or things that you don't own. Your website, you do own. Your email, you do own. Okay. No one can take those away from you. MailChimp can shut down your account, but they can't take your list from you. So you want to make sure that you are not only doing stuff on rented land like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, but you're also doing it on your own platform. I kind of have my own little infographic on this. So you can see here where you could shoot a video. You could then write a blog and implant that video into the blog. It allows you to do that on like WordPress on your website. And if you have that, if you develop the video in a blog, so two pieces of content, and you could even theoretically just do one, right? 
But now let's just take this blog. I'm going to start here. Number two blog. That could be a Twitter post. could be an Instagram post. It could be a Facebook ad, a face posted in Facebook groups or a Facebook post on your business page. You could print this blog out like I do. You could send it in the mail. You could just have it in your office like I do. Now with the video that goes into the blog, you could also take that video, if it's a minute or less, and make an Instagram post, a Facebook ad, a YouTube video, an email to your patients. It goes on to that blog that we mentioned and it becomes Google SEO quality, which is nice. You could turn the video into a podcast like I mentioned I did. So you've got just, you've created one or two pieces of content and you've got all these different repurposing channels to do it. And then down here where you see the curated content, like we mentioned, this can be all those things too. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the way up becomes, you can turn, you could shoot a video about the content. You could send it as an email. I mean, it's just endless what you can do as far as the content distribution when you do create one thing. So I contend you could create one piece of content and you could turn it into a month's worth of content if you do it right. And, and I'll, I'll let you have this infographic so you can kind of digest this a little bit better. All right. So I'm not going to um, have the editorial calendar on here, but I'm going to provide it to you. It's a spreadsheet. So you want to have a planning, you know, content planning is important. You always want to make sure you have a, a yearly marketing strategy that is fluid. You want to have a quarterly marketing strategy that is fluid as well, but not as fluid as the yearly. And then you want to have a monthly editorial calendar which just kind of highlights the content that you're going to create, who's going to create it, where it's going to be distributed, who's the niche audience, all these different things. So I will provide you with the spreadsheet. And if you haven't got it from already, because I've, I've given this out to people, I'll give you an example of, of ours as well. So you can kind of see what it, what it is. But this really helps plan it so it doesn't become cumbersome. I do not think marketing, content marketing has to be overwhelming because I think it's already information we know. We just have to get better at being consistent, clear, not talking doctor speak to everybody and being creative with it. That's the presentation. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Cool. Thank you very much. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.